Hello and welcome to Parenting with Play. I'm Helena Mooney and the purpose of this video and podcast is to help make your parenting life so much easier. And today I really want to talk about distracting your kids from when they're having big upset feelings. And I want you to imagine that you have fallen over and I am, as your friend, am nearby you and my response to you sort of lying on the floor feeling a bit embarrassed hurt, you know, shaky, is to go, oh, brush it off. That was okay. Brush it off. You're okay. Oh, you're so brave. You're so brave. Hey, should we go and get a glass of wine and cheer you up? Actually, the latter bit is probably quite fun. But you can hear that the first few things that I'm saying, not very connecting, are they? They're not very helpful. They don't feel very warm. They don't feel very supportive. And even though I might be your best friend and have your best intentions in heart. And so you know that I am loving and caring towards you. How would you feel? Probably feel even more hurt going, oh, I shouldn't be feeling upset about this. Oh, okay. I won't make a fuss. I'll just get up and I'll limp off and okay, I'll have a glass of wine, but sure, that's not really what I need right now. (laughs) You might not get to that point, but you can imagine, can't you, that if you had an experience and you were upset about something and the person closest to you physically and perhaps emotionally invalidates your experience or belittles it or, you know, wants you to ignore it. It doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel supportive. And your feelings about that would be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not worthy of making a fuss. Um, And maybe, maybe I'm not as good a friend to this person as I thought I was. Maybe they're not somebody that I feel really safe and connected with and can talk about, you know, silly things as well as really close things with. You start to feel a bit internally mm, unsure, perhaps, and then questioning the relationship. So let's sort of scale that back and relate that to your child. So when your child falls over, How do you respond to them when they start to cry over something that you think is just utterly ridiculous? Again, how do you respond to them? How do you feel about them having that experience and then that reaction? And what do you say to them and how, you know, what do you do to them? Because most of the time we can really invalidate it. We can say, you know, Oh, brush it off. You're okay. Up you get. Oh, you're such a brave boy. You're so, such a brave girl, which is really just a euphemism for going, uh, stop crying and you're amazing for not crying and don't cry anymore. And just come on, be brave, put a brave face on it or brush it off. It's not that important. Don't worry about it. Or you might go, oh, look, aeroplane. Oh, look, there's a truck over the road. You know, something to distract them from how they're actually feeling. Or you might go, come on, off we go. Let's go and do something else. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. And when we tell somebody that they're okay, when they are clearly not feeling okay, sort of creates a bit of confusion and you go, oh, okay. You move on. None of those things are particularly helpful. And even though in in the heat of the moment, it can seem like the right thing to do because you might be in a position where you are not able to listen to your child and you really don't want a fuss happening. You know, you're out in public and there's too much going on and you really don't want to have to deal with a massive meltdown over something that's seemingly so minor. But you can get a sense now of how that's 
invalidating and not particularly helpful for your child. The other thing about distraction is that it, when your child is crying, crying is a normal, natural way of releasing stress and tension and shock and upset. And so when you stop your child from crying, when you, what happens is you interrupt that healing process. So even though your child may actually stop crying and look like they're okay and they're sort of <laughs> getting on with things, you've actually interrupted something that's really helpful for them. And when you interrupt that, what happens is that the feelings stay stuck inside because the whole point of crying and trembling, if you think about you've had something stressful and you might be a bit shaky afterwards, it's all your body's natural, normal way of releasing the tension and the stress from that event. So when they, ha when your child hasn't had that opportunity to release everything, it might appear on the surface that they're okay, but those feelings are stuck inside and those feelings staying stuck inside results in increased levels of anxiety or just start to being a bit more disconnected from how your child is actually feeling. And you can get that now, can't you? As an adult, you know, how many people can you see are actually pretty disconnected from their real true feelings? And as a society, we're now saying, you know, men, it's okay to cry. Because for most men, most boys, little boys, they were told to be brave, to man up, to not express themselves. So that crying was a sign of weakness. And so they, it's been so ingrained. And now we're having to sort of undo a lot of that initial um, messages now, but it's hard to do that. But you have this great gift and this great opportunity of being able to offer that to your children right now. You don't need to tell them it's okay to cry because they will cry naturally when, when they are hurt and upset. Your job is to just not interrupt that process. Your job is to be there supporting. You don't have to do very much. You just have to be there and listen to them and help them. And yes, the cries can seem completely disproportionate to the bump that they've had or the instant that they're getting upset about. And it's like, oh my goodness, you're making such a fuss over something really insignificant. But that's not the point. To your child, it it's important. It, it's how they're actually feeling. And what we really want, what we really need are adults who are actually really connected to their feelings, to how they really are, without having to have this mask on all the time that they are brave and that they are okay, when internally things are definitely not okay and they're not feeling brave. We want people to stay connected with how they're feeling, because when we stay connected with how we're feeling, how we're each feeling, it leads us to being able to be more empathic with those around us, to living our lives fully and freely because we're not crippled with anxiety and self-doubt and questioning, you know, and worried that we're making a fuss over something. And so we, you know, that we can hold ourselves back. We want we want as adults to live ourselves expansively. You know, as so I'm saying that, I'm sitting up for those of you who are listening. We want to be free to be able to do what we want to do and feel how we want to feel, knowing that we can feel supported and and feeling more confident to be able to go and do the things that we want to do, to go and try, you know, for us, I don't know what your big thing is. I've jumped out of a plane once. I'm not going to do that again. You know, I don't know, something really exciting. Even doing this podcast, you know, could bring up fear for me to begin with. And now I feel more confident. We want, there's things. And so likewise with your children, say they've fallen off the climbing frame 
and they're on the floor and they're having a big old cry and you come along and you say, brush it off, you're okay, it wasn't that far, you're all right, come on, let's carry on, let's try it again. What happens is it interrupts the healing process, your child's not having that opportunity to really process what's happened and release the fear that has now accumulated from um, from that experience to release the hurt that they've actually experienced. And so, yeah, they might get up and get on with things, but perhaps the next time you go to the, the playground, they're more fearful about trying the um, the climbing frame. Or it might be that they don't want to go down the slides or something else. And you go, why are you afraid of that? It seems really weird. But if we've interrupted the the healing process at a time when it would have been helpful to really listen to their feelings so that they could get over that one experience, then... It's no wonder that they're feeling more anxious about trying something else another time because it's all been building up inside of them and it has not had that outlet. Now, we can get very uncomfortable with our children's feelings and it's completely understandable because, as I said, as boys, as the men now, men often find this really hard because as boys, they weren't able to cry when they were younger. But also, you know, we can feel really irritated. It can seem like, oh, really don't. Why does it might have to be my child making such a fuss? And it really wasn't that big a thing to fall off. And you, you really are, you know, we can get really irritated by our children's big feelings because it often brings up at a deeper level, which you're not consciously aware of, that those times when you weren't allowed to make such a fuss, when you weren't allowed to have a big cry and have somebody listening to you. So it just, yeah, it irritates us sometimes. But the real reason why you you know, you distract your kids from how they're feeling when they are upset is because you don't want your children to be upset. Of course you don't want your children to be upset. You want your children to be able to um, to go through life without having to have the hurt, even though you intellectually know, you know, it's helpful and life is always going to be like that and we need to help our children deal with it and how to move through the difficult challenges. But ultimately, you don't want your children to to experience pain. And whether we're talking about a baby or a toddler, a little child or a full-blown teen and adult, as parents, we, we, you know, it's uncomfortable for us. It's painful for us to see our children in pain. And so we think that if we stop the crying, we stop them feeling in any pain and upset. But hopefully now you're starting to see that that's not the case. When we're actually stopping them from crying, we're just stopping them from crying. Um, and we're not stopping them from hurting. It's just that they're not expressing it. And so actually that hurt is now staying inside even more with no outlet. So it's just going to build up inside of our children. So my husband, when um, when I first learned about where parenting and I was like, okay, I'm starting to listen. Okay, my baby's starting to cry or my toddler's crying and listening. He would feel so uncomfortable and so um, wanting to make Emily feel better that he would literally hurl himself across the room with a water bottle going, maybe she needs some water. And I'm going, she's not crying because she's thirsty. She's not crying because she needs some water. She's crying because she's upset. And this is a 10-month-old baby. And it's very confronting to be with somebody else when they are feeling so sad, it's very confronting for us. And as a society, we're very uncomfortable with feelings. We're very uncomfortable with the real expression, the proper expression of feelings. We're now getting more comfortable about talking about feelings, but that's very different to being with somebody whilst they actually are really upset. We want to fix it, don't we? And so we think that if we can give them something like water, then that's fixing it. Um, again, my daughter was having 
she would have been about three, three or four. And we were at the playground with some really good friends. And um, I had been away for a weekend. So that was really big for her. And I knew that feelings, upset feelings were brewing. Anyway, so she started having a massive meltdown at the playground, which, you know, is always fun. But I managed to move her away and we were sort of behind a tree. So we weren't sort of in the midst of it. So I could just really focus on being with her. But my lovely friends were being so lovely and they all sort of came over going, oh, would she like a biscuit? Does she want something to drink? Does she want to do something else? Because and they because of really, really good intentions that they wanted to help the situation. They wanted to stop Emily from feeling so sad. They wanted to cheer her up. And so I needed to say, no, thank you so much. But no, it's OK. She just needs to have a big cry. I've been away all weekend. This is just it. And so they were starting to hear about where parenting through me. They were starting to get it, but still probably thought it was very strange. But the, you can see how really good intentions can actually hinder something that's actually really beneficial. Um, and what happens then if we constantly distract our children with, uh, you know, biscuit or something yummy to eat, or let's go and look at an aeroplane, is what are they learning what are they learning about their feelings and how to respond to themselves, to how they're actually feeling? They're learning that it's not okay to feel those feelings, that perhaps it's too uncomfortable for them. So they, you know, it's, it's unmanageable for them to feel those feelings. And so then what do they start to do for themselves as they feel those feelings as they get older? They start to use the same tactics. So they'll start to distract themselves. And that's where something called Aletha Salter, who founded Hand in Hand, founded Where Parenting, sorry, calls it control patterns, things that we use to, to stop ourselves from feeling and expressing and well, really experiencing that hurt. So, you know, if you constantly offer your child something to eat when they're upset, what are they then going to want to do next time they're upset? They'll want to have a biscuit. They'll want to have chocolate. And what happens as we get older? We have access to cash and so we can go out and buy ourselves lots of chocolate and lots of wine um, and do lots of things that are, aren't actually healthy for us and we're doing them primarily to distract ourselves from how we're feeling. Likewise, if your child is, you know, if your distraction me method is to bounce them around and soothe them, so bounce them around and singing and, oh, let's go and look over there, what does your child then learn from that? They will then learn that they need to keep moving. They need to keep doing stuff. Okay, I'm going to go and look over there. Oh, no, that's boring. I'm going to go look over here. You know, and constantly on the move, looking to ways to distract themselves from how they're feeling. And working with parents now who has, who would have, uh, when their children were babies, constantly rocked, permanently rocking up and down. Those of you <laughs> not listening, I'm move, doing the movement, you know, the bobbing around, the constant singing and shushing and patting and moving, moving, moving to do anything basically to stop your baby from crying. And one client in particular has now a 12-year-old son who is constantly on the go all the time, all the time. And she can really see how, how she responded to him when he was younger impacts on how he responds to his own upset feelings now and now she really sort of gets it going I just really want you to cry <laughs> but and she's helping him with that but it's hard to unlearn those coping mechanisms that have become so ingrained from when they were you know from when they're a baby 
So the beauty of aware parenting and parenting by connection approach is that you can help your children without needing to resort to distractions all the time because you get comfortable with understanding what's happening when your child is crying, when they are having a tantrum. You get to really understand how to be with them to help them to release the feelings. You get to be really comfortable with your child's feelings, with your own feelings, with feelings of (laughs) adults around you. And then you get to see the transformation that happens with your children. You get to see them overcoming anxieties because they're not carrying so many past hurts anymore. Get to see them even not being so aggressive to those around them because they're not feeling so powerless from all those experiences they've had in the past where they haven't been able to have a cry about somebody being mean to them or somebody taking a toy from them that they really wanted. When children feel powerless like that, that's when they become aggressive. So the more that you can really stay with your children and listen to those upset feelings and help them move through it without distracting them, the better things are for them and then ultimately for you too because your children are happier, they're able to play with each other better. It just makes everything so much better for them and for you. Now, there are times when distractions are helpful, obviously. You're not going to be able to listen to your kids all the time. So, you know, distractions are fine. You know, put the TV on when you really are at the end of your tether or, um, you know, take them out, show them something exciting, do anything, you know, hand them your phone, you know, when you're just like out and about going, I I can't deal with this right now. (laughs) I'm in a doctor's appointment. You have to just go on your phone. But when you do it consciously, that's very different because then you know going okay later on I know that I need to listen to those feelings there will always always be another opportunity to listen to upset feelings so using distraction as a as a tool to get through difficult situations absolutely use it but now but but instead of using it all the time instead of using it sort of unconsciously and just as your go-to method just stop and go hmm What's really going on here? Do I actually have the capacity to actually stay and be with my child while they are having a big meltdown, while they are upset? Can I actually listen to them for a couple of minutes and then see how things go? Because when you can do that, that's when you're going to start to see a real shift in your child's behavior and how they feel. And then you'll also know that you're giving them such a huge gift that is going to stay with them as they get older. You're going to help them to stay really connected to themselves, to how they're feeling, that they're really going to learn that their feelings matter and that it's okay to express how they're feeling and that to have that expectation to be heard and to be supported throughout it rather than going, oh, no, don't worry about me. I'm okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) You know, which so many of us do because we don't want to make a fuss. So... Next time your child's upset, just see, can I listen? Do I have the capacity to listen? How is it to listen? Or Also, even before that, just notice, oh gosh, what is my initial response here? Is it to go, let's have a drink of water. Do you want a biscuit? Maybe it's dinner time. Let's go and do something else. Let's go outside for a run around and kick around. And, you know, doing anything rather than actually being with your child while they're upset. All right. I'd love to hear how that goes. Now, if you want help with your babies, because you can start doing this from your ba- from babies. And it's amazing if you start to look and if you have a baby, start to think about all the times that you actually do distract your baby from having a cry. It's extraordinary. And when you appreciate that your babies are actually fully developed human beings, they've got developing to go as in they're a full human being who has upset feelings and they need to express them 
So how to be with your baby without constantly distracting them, without constantly rocking and shushing and patting and singing and white noise or even ignoring them, all those constant distractions that they don't ultimately help. And so how to be with your baby to to allow them to express without all those distractions. I've come over to parentingwithplay forward slash dot com dot au forward slash babies. You'll find I've got courses on there that's really going to help you aware parenting babies in particular. And then if you've got older kids, well, from one to about nine, uh, annoying to amazing my program. So that's going to doors are all open soon. So pop your come over to parentingwithplay.com.au and you'll find details for annoying to amazing on there. So just pop your name on the wait list and then you can really learn about how to be with your children in ways that's so helpful for them emotionally that's then going to help them with their behaviour. I'd love to support you from babies all the way with your primary school children. Okay, have a great week. I'd love to hear how you are and I look forward to chatting with you again next time. See ya. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing. Oh, 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 o